Welcome to X-Rated Movies, a podcast by two guys that used to date and now we don't. Now we talk about movies. I'm one half of your hosting team, Matthew Fisher. I'm the other half, Ryan Whedon. And uh, today is a special day for a number of reasons. One, it's the day before Election Day, the ah. day that we've been waiting for for at least four years. You keep talking about this. This is the first time hearing of it. <laughs> and, uh, I feel like they should be like more on like in the news and stuff. <laughs> if you have yet to vote, please vote now. And we're so serious about this, we brought on someone by the name of Vote. <laughs> yeah. Travis Vote. That is from the Suspense is Killing Us podcast. <laughs> yes, and you should vote, even though it's my last name. I've gotten used to it. You get used to hearing people say do you, cool do you things feel about a surge, you. Like around this time of year, people are like, hey, vote. That's your name. Like vote suppression? You're like, I, think- I am being held down. <laughs> Vote suppression. If only they put it that way. Uh, yeah, I think honestly, like at this point, most people co- kind of would who might have that idea come up to me and go, "Hey, he probably hears that all the time." I'm mm-hmm. not going to say it to him mm-hmm. anymore. Okay, good. But I, it was something that historically coaches loved to say for some reason. Whatever mindset makes a person become like a high school or middle school coach mm-hmm. also makes a person go, "Hey, you ought to run for president, Travis. Just go vote for vote." And I'm like, yeah, yeah, good. All one. the coaches tell me that. I don't know why. Yeah. That's just how their brains work. That's they, how their they, brain's wired. Yeah. They, well, cause they're not good with names, so they have to come up with nicknames. Some, something about you that they can remember that's not your name. <laughs> Either way, it's some sort of brain poisoning involved in someone who'd ever want to coach kids. <laughs> Do you think at graduation, when they called your name, they're, they're thinking to themselves, that guy's going to be president? Nope. <laughs> not if they knew me? No. Absolutely not. <laughs> Solid B minus. This, this guy's going to be, and then they see me coming, they're like, oh, no, no, no. That's not, that's not a meaty be a part of the curve. Not showing off, not falling behind. <laughs> if I have a vibe that I put out, it is not in presidential, I would say. <laughs> what? I think it resonates off of me. <sighs> well, I'm writing you in anyway for my for president. Please don't. <laughs> it's a little it's a little <laughs> Maybe not it's this a little year. More dire. Next next time, maybe. Next time. Okay, okay. Feel free. <laughs> you guys are really serious. I would, I should I should look into this. I haven't, I haven't oh really heard anything boy, about it. Oh, so. boy, you're not going to like the news. <laughs> it sucks. Some stuff's been going down. Oh, wow. Okay. It's shitty. All right. Ryan hasn't turned on his phone in four years. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. What? 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 Wait, that guy from the... What? <laughs> 48 months worth of news, no- <laughs> news notifications come in. <laughs> Whoa! That he would, won. He grabbed them That's by cr- the what? <laughs> that would be the 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 really well. Fun wouldn't be the word for it. The amazing thing is if if you was like 1993 and you were like oh saw God. into the future and you were like Donald Trump was president, you'd probably go. Ha, 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 that's crazy because pr- I don't know if it would pop into your head that, that he will be historic monster <laughs> as yeah, president. Insane. You know. You just go like, ah, Donald Trump, that fucking crazy guy who wrote a book, uh, I don't know, has probably a board game or something. He's a nut. <laughs> he's like, he's like a, the American Hitler. You're like, whoa, <laughs> what? <laughs> the most racist president since the 1800s or whatever. <laughs> like, geez. Really? That's so racist. Wow. Yeah. I, uh, I was talking with somebody about... Um, something about something that happened during the Obama years. Mm. And I was like, we had eight years of Obama and it feels like it was two months at this point. Mm-hmm. We've had four years of Trump and it feels like a lifetime. Oh yeah. has gone away. <sighs> the, uh, the amount that I've aged in these four years is something else. And he, and I have like a really easy way of remembering the whole thing too, because I got this job that I work at now, like, ex- like exactly around, 
a month before he was elected. I, so I always just have that whole time period burned in my head. I was like still training at my new job and I was walking home <clears throat> from the job and people were, you know, crying <laughs> on the streets. <laughs> it's like, okay. We recorded our like third episode, second, third episode of the podcast. Sec- second episode. No, third episode was the day before the election. Yeah. Yeah. Second or third. And so like this podcast is like traversed the whole Trump presidency. Like, oh, man. And podcasts changed your, at least they have for me. Maybe it's not the same for the guys that I do the podcast with because they don't listen to it or edit it or <laughs> anything like that. But uh, I will, it'll be pointed out to me that an episode that some other person is listening to, like this is from the time that uh, this happened historically. And I'm just mm. like, oh, okay. There's just no sense. Of, it completely disorients you doing a podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it's hard to keep them evergreen. Like, obviously, we're timestamping this one mm. all over the place. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, but, you know, you also want them to be timely and things like that. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, today's movie, I chose it, for, you know, for a couple reasons. Today's movie being Nixon. I wanted to choose something because this is the day before Election Day. I wanted to choose something on topic. Uh, and I was kind of going through Letterboxd. And I was like, you know, we haven't done an Oliver Stone movie yet. And I really want to. I keep wanting to do Born on the Fourth of July, but like it never lines up that I could get it around the Fourth of July. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, "Oh, Nixon would be a good one." And I just started kind of like going through like my friends' reviews on there. And you mentioned that it was like a top five or top ten movie for you. And I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, here's someone I could have on the podcast talking about it." <laughs> Some goddamn lunatic. <laughs> one of his favorite movies is Nixon, <laughs> a little loved Oliver Stone movie from 1995. <laughs> This is what this is, I love this movie and thank you again for having me on oh, talk yeah. about this. I, I got to wa- I got to watch it again for probably the thirtieth time in oh my, my life. Gosh. I do not have notes. It shouldn't be yeah. a problem. Uh, and this is a three and a half. Did you guys watch the director's cut or I the watched shorter the director's one? Cut. You did. I okay. I think I just watched the regular one. That's I mean, the, fine. The it's regular also one's long. still three yeah, hours. I was like, 18 well, I watched the three hour movie, so. But I, I got into a good Nixon mindset in this. I was like, okay, I got I got a little bit of booze, took an edible, and just plopped out and let it play. And What'd you think? Oh, it was great. You like it? Oh, yeah. Was I've, this I've, the, oh, you've seen it before? I've seen it once before, probably about 10, 15 years ago. Before I kind of, like, had an understanding of, like, the gravity of the things that he was doing. Because, yeah, when I first watched it, it just kind of seemed like a bunch of political jargon that I couldn't really keep up with. Mm-hmm. And now I'm watching, I'm like, oh, this is almost like... Sort of a, a sweet what he's doing. He's like treading carefully <laughs> compared to, to current administration. That is the fun thing about watching this movie these days is you're like, oh, this is this is bad, but this is so not as bad as what Trump's done. <laughs> this is like a terrible time in the country, but it's not as bad as this time. I was shocked at how many like parallels that like just <sighs> words and phrases that Trump uses that were in this movie like they talk about the elite left and like oh, there's yeah. at one point where he's like oh I lost this because of the media oh, and God, like yeah. all this junk where I'm like this is the same shit we're dealing with right now a lot of that comes from Nixon the southern strategy yeah. I think yeah. Nixon was the first person to do it I mean the, the whole law and order thing yeah is straight out of the Nixon handbook silent majority yeah I mean, yeah I mean Trump you hear Trump saying that all the time these days he's hoping that the silent majority <laughs> is on his side now I mean who knows uh, we'll find out soon enough 
Yeah. That's not nerve-wracking I never, at all. He said, like, I never said that when he's talking to the tapes. It's like, we have it on tape. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh-huh. He's, like, saying it to the tape, yeah. too. <laughs> he's really coming on right. I never said that. There's a really funny part in it where I, I'm not going to say it or anything like that, but where he's, he hears himself saying racial epithets, and he's saying to his, like, people going, like, No, there's Nixon can't say that. Well, you did say it, sir. Never, I didn't say that. I never said that about Jews. Makes me sound like an anti-Semite. Well, we can check the tapes again. No need to check the tapes. I know what I said. And they're just like, we listened to it, dude. Oh, and of oh course yeah, this you is did. a transcription. <laughs> That's right, because he's like, he's trying to like, uh, uh, felt out, like, yeah, marker out all the, the stuff he doesn't want seen. But Trump fucking does that. He's like, I didn't say that. And it's like, we can play the fucking video of you saying yeah. that. Like, what the hell? You could actually play the video for of him saying it to his face, and he'd go, I didn't say it. <laughs> yeah. Trump didn't say like, that. that's Because yeah. he's like a full... I mean, Nixon is a liar. And this is the, the whole problem with Trump, at least with people who dismiss him or who don't think he's as bad as he is or support him or whatever. Is like, all politicians lie. And it's like, not all politicians lie like this. Yeah. yeah. He's an actual sociopath. And at least, like, other politicians who lie at least have, like, a sense of government and what it's supposed to do. Like, yes. At least Nixon, like, there were, like, tangible accomplishments that did people good. Like, we got workers' comp out of them. We got, you know, the Clean Air and Water EPA. Act. The EPA. He opened up relations to China. Which China. You know, <laughs> 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 Only Nixon can go to China. Classic uh, political strategy thing. Like, he was... <clears throat> I would, obviously wouldn't have voted for him or anything like that, but you compare him to to Donald Trump, and it's Donald Trump doesn't have anything oh, on Nixon. Nixon was beloved. Like, Nixon, yeah. he looks, won that that reelection in a landslide. Okay, the, st- I, the still the biggest yeah, one. Every state, or, or, is, or did Reagan top no, it? He, he won every state except for Massachusetts. I think also like. Nixon got like the popular vote by like massive margins. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He won that in a landslide, and then a year and a half later, oh his, yeah, his approval ratings like seventeen percent. It's All crazy. The <laughs> day he left office, his approval rating was twenty five percent. One in four Americans still approved of the job that he was doing. Yeah, there's always going to be that unshakable yeah base on either side. They just don't want to admit that they were wrong. It's like my it's, or they don't care. I had. I also had a, a history professor tell me at one point that I kind of believe. I mean, we think of it as partisan, and it, which it totally is, and it's probably never been more partisan than now. But there's also just a quadrant of of people. It's probably not endemic to America who just go like, "He's the president. He must be good." Mm-hmm. Like it's like, and he, they would yeah. say the same thing if it was Obama. But it's just sort of they're just very ordinary people i don't know to, i don't want to use like mean words to describe them i'm sure they're very nice but people who are just sort of like well they got elected president i'm sure they're nice they're, they must be good uh, they're, no they're the president they know what they're doing they sure i don't want it's not for me to say whether he's a bad guy or not i don't care i i think of trump in some of these situations having conversations that like nixon would have had like just like the like early on when it's like him and like uh haldeman and dean um just David like Hyde Pierce? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The cast oh, in this the movie. The cast in this is bananas. I stopped taking notes on the cast because I'm just like, everybody is a, is a somebody in this fucking movie. Ugh. Well, I think... Uh, Who's who of 90s casting. On The oh Suspense is Killing Us, you guys did an episode on natural-born killers. That's right. And you were talking about how, like, in his day, Oliver Stone was making these crazy, like, artistic movies that were both commercially and critically successful mm-hmm. like critics across the board won awards and then like people like lined up to go see him and he had just like the top 
caliber of actors to choose from. Yeah. Like, anybody would want to be in his movies, like, in that span between, like, Platoon and... I mean, even after Nixon, but Nixon was probably, like, his last really great movie. Yeah, he was able to coast off of that shit that he did in the 80s and early 90s, and up to JFK, I would probably say... Uh, for 20 years or something yeah. like that. And what you can do, I mean, if you have a movie that makes a fortune and gets Academy Awards for the studio, they give you the keys to the kingdom. Yeah, Oliver yeah. Stone did it like three or four times. Yeah. Right? He made like four of these movies that made tons and tons of money, and they were like, here's Oscars as well. And by the way, we think this is important. We think these are important <laughs> movies too. And the yeah. studios are just like, oh, man, Oliver. That- do what you want, buddy. I was I was thinking about that. Is, was his stock high then going into this movie? Where's everybody just like Oliver Stone is amazing? Yeah, I mean, what was the movie like, he? Or, I think it was Natural Born Killers before this. Natural right? Born Killers before this. Was, oh, that, wow. was that successful? Did people uh, love that? I don't remember people loving. It. I remember it was very controversial. Yeah, but that's about it. I'm sure I'd call it, it a wash. Okay, I was gonna I, say it, I'm sure it, it had a certain amount of success. I think it was a low budget. I think even Oliver Stone, they weren't going to give him $80 million to do that. But they still gave him a lot of money, considering what Natural Born Killers is. If you've if people yeah. listening have seen Natural Born Killers before, it's one of the craziest movies ever made. It's insane. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and I think that they gave him like 20 which was still a lot at the time. For Natural Born Killers? For Natural Born Killers. Oh, wow. And I think it probably broke even, but it also was controversial, which they kind of like and don't like at the same time. It sort of depends on which way it goes. But JFK, I believe he'd done before that. Yeah. That was another one that made a fortune oh, and, and also got Academy really, Award nominations. Right. Yeah. yeah, it got like 11 Academy Award nominations. And I remember JFK was like also a scandal. Oh, it was yes. Like, n- a, I don't think anyone had really mapped out like reenactment style, like in like a linear way, the whole JFK situation, complete with conspiracy theories. We should add in. Oliver Stone sometimes takes his material from questionable sources. <laughs> it is important to acknowledge that, at least from my perspective, a lot of people don't like Oliver Stone. Uh, I love Oliver Stone, or at least primo Oliver Stone. He is insane. Like that is <laughs> well, that is a huge part of his brand. He voted for Nixon. Yeah, well, that would have been in you well, know so did everybody six, else. What sixty-eight and seventy-two? Yeah, it was in sixty-eight because he said that uh, Nixon seemed so committed to ending the war in Vietnam. He did say that he was going to do this. It was like the first actual vet, like Vietnam vet, to like start making movies in Hollywood. It's amazing that Platoon is, you know, one of the one of my favorite movies, and that is a movie made by a guy who was actually there, and it's sort of similar to his story. I'm sure he didn't actually frag his own commander, which happens in (laughs) Platoon. Uh, That that'd be weird if that was actually a real thing that happened, and he told us about it. But uh, that's an amazing thing. Yeah. Mm When you're talking about getting his, his, like, you know, things from questionable sources and having, like, a point of view, I think it's hard for me sometimes to get into the head of Oliver Stone because, like, he's making his movie, and, like, I respect that all the time, but I just, I don't know if I'm always willing to go there. Like, I, I found myself kind of sometimes while watching this, while I did like it, there were times where I was just like, why did he... Why did he change the film stock there? Like, that, like that, that must mean something, but I'm not in his head enough not in the like same place that he's on to like figure that out. I'm sure that it means something. Verte filmmaking, impressionistic <laughs> stuff. I don't know. He he started doing that sort of thing in JFK, 
but there was kind of like a reason for that if you're switching back and forth because yeah. it's like we're going in the past so now we're using black and white now we're it's present time we're using this color if you see stuff that's in grainy footage that's supposed to be simulating you know possibly like the Zapruder film yeah, or possibly right. a primary source or something or like, like that remember incorrectly or something like that yeah and then natural born killers is gonzo full ahead with all this stuff and but it's but it, that's like a mental a person having a mental episode and possibly experiencing it through vis- the visual and audio medium right uh, it's it just it, if you haven't seen natural born killers it's crazy it's really <laughs> crazy and this is not as crazy as natural born killers but it's still the style that oliver stone used for a good decade yeah right. kind of phased it out a little bit but you'll see it in uh u-turn uh, yeah, it's a movie I don't care for I don't very care much. For that one, no, I think that was uh, a movie he made right after this. He made that after this. Uh, my co-host on Suspense is Killing Us really loves that movie, but the, to me, that, that was kind of like the beginning of the end of my love affair with Oliver Stone. Yeah, it's I was like, like ooh, this is nasty. I've definitely it kind of like dives off. Like I've seen a handful of movies here and there, but like nothing that's really impressed me. I kind of liked W. W was fine. It just kind of there was no weight to it. It's, it's like pretty low-key considering he was making it when George W. Bush was still in office and people were like oh boy here comes Oliver Stone's crazy take on W and he's like hey he's kind of an asshole yeah he's kind of a dumb guy yeah like the main things I remember from that is like okay he choked on a pretzel and uh that's in the movie that's right (laughs) yeah (laughs) of course we gotta get the scene where he chokes on a pretzel in there yeah baby and he does this thing that I didn't realize I found annoying until I saw that movie but it's like he'll like eat a sandwich or a hamburger and his mouth will be full of that food, and then he'll like drink root beer at the same time before swallowing his food. And <laughs> don't it, tell, don't give me stuff that endears him to me. <laughs> I don't need that's I, fairly endearing. I, I look at that and I'm like, is he four? Like, swallow your food. Yeah, he's super dumb. <laughs> he's a really dumb guy. But I don't know, just in comparison to something like Nixon, where it's like this Shakespearean epic, like full of like you know power and drama and betrayal and 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 just you know dramatic irony like the downfall of something like they're brought down by their own hubris like none of that's in w but it's like yeah it's really small comparatively with with nixon like i don't even know how to approach this movie just like start talking about it really I, i have a question do you think if you don't already know the story of nixon that you could follow the through line with this movie like i was I, cause I get it, cause I know, like Watergate and all that, and I remember the players sort of like the names would come and go while I was watching this movie, but I was like, oh, I need a refresher. And when I went back and like researched, I was like, oh, I get it. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. But like, if you didn't know the whole story, would you be able to figure out Watergate? I guess is my question. Well, I mean, there's people that like study Watergate and like professionally that still are still trying to wrap their heads around it, but like as a concept i don't know he's really trying to like make this make sense he he does a thing like he's you pointed out shakespeare you watch this movie this is what you gotta love about all like primo oliver stone is that his like primary influences or he at least from what i can gather is that he's drawing from as shakespeare and <laughs> citizen kane <laughs> like that guy had ambition like he he was one, he's famously egotistical and so he's like i'm gonna do the i'm gonna do the fucking citizen kane if, if it meant shakespeare like god damn Damn, all right, dude. All right. Does yeah. it cut back on the Coke? <laughs> I don't know. No, I won't. I never will. Um, 
but one of the things that Citizen Kane does is that it tells its story over and over and over again, and that and that's what happens in Nixon as well. Where okay, it's, yeah. you see, you even see like the newsreel version of it, where it's like Nixon. This is the story of you know, if you don't know who he is, here's where he, where he came from. And now his political career is dead. Right. And then you just keep getting, you just keep going back and forward in time as they keep like dragging you through it, and he he really tries to like underline things and 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 paint things in his broad in these broad caricatures and really try to hold your hand through it. But at the same time, he's nuts. I don't think he knows quite what what a, a person who doesn't understand this situation would know, because he's yeah. he's all up in it, you know. This is stuff. This is what Oliver Stone sees when he closes his eyes. <laughs> this is like stock God. newsreel footage of Nixon and like all, in different colors and all that sort of thing. Like yeah, he's steeped oh, in it. God. I was thinking, like you know, I know the dry bones like story of it, but like I there, the stuff. My favorite parts of the movie were when it would be like him and Pat talking and it was like the imagined like oh i wonder what their you know fight would be like yeah, on this night like like that's the kind of stuff i was like oh yeah this is good i like i like, like all like this what stuff. was it nixon tried to run for governor of california is yeah, that 1960 the, in 1960 yeah okay and, and he, he lost. failed at that and he, he'd already been vice president for two terms under uh-huh. uh, eisenhower, eisenhower. Yeah. yeah and so this was considered uh, and people already kind of didn't like him for obvious reasons just because he's Nixon, even when he was successful, even when he, yeah, there's the plenty yeah, of people at that time who would be like, "I'm going to vote for that son of a bitch," <laughs> you know. I mean, just, I mean, there was like posters that was like, "Would you buy a used car from him?" And it was like Nixon smiling. Have like. that famous grimace. That's one of the, that's one of the things that Anthony Hopkins fucking nails in this movie, and his he is so good. Just I, the amount of like energy that it would take to like embody Nixon the way that like you have to for these scenes like when they're showing the debate between him and Kennedy and like the way that he's like shifting back and forth I'm like I'm exhausted just looking at him yeah. <laughs> he's sweating all the time he looks unshaved like yeah he got just... that five o'clock shadow yeah. <laughs> that magical five o'clock shadow Ugh. the sweat on his upper lip there's something about the way he talks too that it like makes him Gross. I don't know, like the something about the jolly way he talks. Do you mean Nixon? Nixon, the actual guy, or or, or, yeah, Nixon and Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, like I just, I get it. I get why people are like, ew. You know, (laughs) the movie kind of does a good job of sort of explaining how he became president. Because like you look at Nixon, like he's got zero charisma. And you're just like, how did he, like, do a job that, like, theoretically takes, like, a lot of, like, cajoling to get, you know, donors and to get voters to like you and to, like, you know, in a TV age, like, look presentable. I'm like, how did he do that? Like, how did he navigate this system? And then, like, it kind of shows, and, you know, this might be just Oliver Stone's, like, coked out brain fantasies. You always have to keep that in mind when you're watching these (laughs) not You're not getting actual history. Oliver Stone's history. Well, it's like he goes to Texas and he has like a, a meeting with like some of those like uh, uh, big just donors. Just here to sell Studebaker. Just yeah. here to represent Studebaker. And it's like because he was so anti-communist, mm-hmm. like all these like moneyed interests were like Nixon's our guy. He'll protect us from the communists. Yeah. Like we'll take care of the rest of the things. He just needs to like get to the White House. I'm like, oh, that does kind of make sense. Like he just like locked down that anti-communist vote. And it was unshakable. Like, no one could wrestle that from him. Politics was really different at the time, too, where there were liberal Republicans and Mm -hmm. conservative Democrats, and there was Dixiecrats and all this sort of stuff. So you really actually had to get a broad coalition. But but at at this time, anti-communist stuff did work. But uh, Joan Allen as Pat Nixon, this is a far sharper... And more combative Pat Nixon than probably the the actual right. Pat Nixon was like. It's sure. very unlikely that Pat Nixon was like, 
you know, Dick, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> this sort of stuff. That's like a kind of a creation that Oliver Stone I needed I to have. All it. I love no, because it's Joan Allen. It's fucking Joan Allen, who's she's one of my really favorite actresses of all like, time. She's really yelling like, how much more? How much more is it going to cost? When do the rest of us stop paying off your debts? That whole dinner scene, I'm like, this is so tense. But yeah, I, Manolo, I, Mrs. Nixon's <laughs> finished. He rings a bell and has his wife taken away. <laughs> That's absurd. Uh, I, I think the idea of Pat Nixon being like, Dick, you son of a bitch, why won't you talk to me? Is like no, insane. I yeah. know. But, uh, but, you know, who I cares? I don't care. I'm so into it. Because he's trying to do Shakespeare. He's trying to do Citizen Kane. you need a personal foil for Nixon. Exactly. Oh, like, absolutely. Like someone it's like who an inventive character yeah. that he just yeah. swapped out for Pat Nixon, who's his wife. <laughs> yeah. But it is nice because it's like there are times where it's like, you know, Nixon's decided to run again and Pat immediately like starts taking clothes out of the closet and is packing yes, up. I'm out of here. <laughs> and you can see Nixon like put on, like, he's like, okay, this is what we've been preparing for Barney, time Barney to put on that by. old nixon charm oh, that's so funny too because he says that to haldeman james woods fantastic you know that's good casting right there oh my God. Uh, but he goes like i'll just give her some of the old nixon charms and then and james woods who's like his haldeman is like his number one guy yeah. is like yeah that's gonna be fucking great <laughs> go good james woods like out of all the conservative pieces of shit in hollywood he does have to be probably the best actor of them like yes. personally his philosophies are reprehensible but he's like, like the worst too it's 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 awful yeah like, but I, but he's a great. He's, he's at least so he has good. historically been a very good actor, he's good and he's actor. really good in this. The he idea, is. the idea of J.T. Walsh and James Woods being Haldeman and Ehrlichman is just yeah. perversely fantastic. Powers Booth, like Powers, Powers Booth, Booth is in this. Five-ish Finkel, guys. <laughs> Five-ish oh Finkel. I didn't realize that was a real person. I yes. thought that was just a Mel Brooks joke. No, he's okay. So he's one of. Huh? He, I, I can't believe this is our first. And it's five-ish. Is that how you say it? That's how they so, always said it. it. He, he got like. famous I've, from. I always said Flavish because I used to watch Picket Fences. Pit from Picket Fences. Yeah. yeah, I used to see interviews with him because because that was like a breakout role for yeah. him. And uh, I think I think that's how it's pronounced. I could watch him eat an apple. I mean, he, he kind of plays the same character all the time, but it's like I don't know. He plays Flavish Finkel. Yeah, he's great. Jesus Christ. Has he told him how many push-ups he can do yet? He's not this Nixon. He's nobody. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's really great. He flicks a cigarette, like a lit cigarette tip onto some lady, and she, like, flips it. out, and he goes, all right, everybody, calm down. <laughs> like, you're the one that hey, wait a minute. set this woman on fire. Settle down, everyone. Settle down. I don't know the name of uh, whatever character he's playing in that one. But no also, idea. in that same room, Michael Chicklets. Who's that? The Thing. Uh, also, probably more famous as the, I think, Vic Mackey on The Shield and The Commish. I don't know who that is. You'd recognize him if you saw yeah. him. He's the bald guy. Did yeah, you ever see any of those fan, those early Fantastic Four movies? Uh, no. Oh, good, good. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not recommending him. That is a good much. thing. But he's just in there. Like that's. It's the kind of movie where just like some guy working in a TV studio who has one line is Michael Chiklis. Yeah. Oh my God. For God's sake. That was like a thing in the '90s. I feel like maybe it still is. Maybe I'm just not seeing the right movies. But I, I feel like there was a number of like kind of big budgety movies where you'd have like an A-lister being a one like two line scene yes I, did you ever see that movie I can't remember uh, The Pledge with Jack Nicholson I did see that uh, Sean Penn directed that yeah Sean Penn directed that <laughs> but it's like that's one that has like just A-listers top to bottom Helen Mirren is in it as an unnamed character like her, her, her name is like Nurse just Helen Mirren was there just, for the day yeah <laughs> I'm like alright 
Do I get to work with Jack Nicholson and Sean Penn and Robin Wright Penn, I think, was also in this movie? I think you're right. Very yeah. well, then. That was a bang on Helen Mirren impression I was doing there. I just wanted to It was to point very out. good. It was really solid. Uh, I thought she was here. Yeah. I wanted to come up with a cheat sheet of who was in this, but it was just like... Let's see, who else? Much. Tony Goldwyn is Nixon's brother. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mary Steenburgen is Nixon's right, mom. mom. This is the stuff that, I, having seen this movie 30 times, I do sort of fast forward through these scenes. Um, they're the, the black and white stuff when he's grown up in Whittier, oh, California. I was worried there that there was going to be an extended football scene for a minute there. I was like, oh, oh football movie. It's real brief. Yeah, I yeah. know, but for a second there, I was like, this is going on longer than I like. Yeah, he always used me as a tackling dummy. Oh, oh, it's a <laughs> joke and, that he yeah. makes a thousand times. I mean, Alverson's not like subtle about it, but he. Uh, I think they do a good job of like essentially saying that Nixon married his mother to a certain extent. Like, oh, boy, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like they they do like he does some like flash cuts or something like that when they're about to like have an argument like Nixon yeah. like sees his mother sitting in that she's chair she's sitting real in quick. the chair and then Joan Allen sits down like inside his mom's ghost mm-hmm. you're like god yeah. damn Oliver Stone you crazy son and then of a it bitch shows Joan Allen's sexy leg where his mom's leg would be oh boy like, a lot of pathos there hated. also she, like there's that scene <laughs> at the beginning where she's like what she's like she's really stern with him I can't remember exactly what it was but she's like. Now I know. The, the, the the hast, thou hast cigarettes. lied to me. Yeah, the, the yeah. Do not tell a lie, Richard. The corn silk cigarette Harold gave thee behind the store this morning. I don't have them, Mother. I, I promise I didn't smoke. I see. Well... Then, Richard, we have nothing more to talk about, too. Yeah. She speaks in thee and thighs and stuff, which Quaker, man. is apparently a Quaker thing. Yeah. yeah. Isn't Old that school. crazy Nixon was a Quaker? Like, I feel like that gets but, like, the pushed under the rug. The most passive of, like, the major, like, Christian Catholic umbrellas is, like... Yeah, yeah they're consci- they don't go to war. They're conscientious objectors yeah, to war. Yeah, they're very anti-violence. Uh, yeah. There's a whole movie called Friendly Persuasion where... Uh, uh, one of those famous guys, I want to I want to say Cary Grant, but that's not him, uh, plays a... Quaker, who's just like trying to keep his family from getting into the Civil War, won't do it because that's not how the Quakers do it. Wow. It's a William Wyler movie. It's, it's just really so good. crazy that Gary Cooper. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> just seems like. Can you imagine somebody running for president that's a Quaker now? Like, what a big well, deal that would be. Like, that would be nice. Like, everyone was crazy when Mitt Romney was because yeah. they're like a Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, I you know I'm from you know the. King County, like we have a lot of Mormons who live here. Like to me, they're just as weird as any other religion. Yeah, well, but, I'm like, I legit think religion in general is crazy. But like, but like people in like the Rust Belt, they're like Mormon. Yeah, what's that? Yeah, and like, yeah, it it, it is sort of strange. Like, yeah, I don't. I mean, maybe there's a lot of Quakers in public office. I don't know. Yeah, it does strike me as is a little odd. You don't hear much of Quakers these days. I don't know what happened. No. They got to be out there. Well, they got the lock on the oatmeal market, and I think they're just, they're uh, just raking off in those that, residuals. Oh man, just <laughs> dipping their beaks in that oatmeal money, raking it in hand over fist. I don't. We don't have to do anything. It's just oatmeal it sells itself. God damn it! They're all I, oat, I shouldn't have said that. They're all oat lobbyists now. Yeah. So all, big oat. Big oat. They're pushing it. <laughs> Those bastards. Hey, 
hey, we uh, got Nixon elected. All, all those uh, we'll beta cuck soy boys have moved on from soy milk to oat milk. You That's don't think true. that was an accident? Do you? Oh my, oh my God. God! It was the Quakers. They were losing their hand over just over just the, that regular mush that people eat for breakfast, <laughs> and this is what they did. And genius, hundred percent. If there was ever a beta cuck, it was Nixon who used to drive his, <laughs> hey, you know, put uh, you on record with that one right there. <laughs> I think I felt him spinning in his grave there. Well, he used to uh, just call me a beta cuck. drive his wife or you know future wife on dates with other men so that like he could just like talk to her and like be near her yeah like you want me to you want me to take her on that date i could drive you to billy's house if you like yeah i'm going on a date with another boy i'll drive yeah like i'll pick you up afterwards too and take you home it is great symbolism because like you see uh, pat nixon and richard nixon even if you see the actual pictures of those people you're like how do you fucking get that lady (laughs) uh and you just see and 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 it's kind of can be a metaphor for like his success in politics because you're like how did that guy become president and you're like well persistence yeah (laughs) yeah being being smart and persistent and kind of knowing what the game is present and thankful yeah Yeah. and working his ass off yeah. And maybe being a little bit ruthless. Or yeah. Extremely ruthless yeah. in Nixon's case. It's funny, like I saw an American experience on PBS years and years ago about Nixon and his life and everything, and I came away with like so much more respect than I was expecting to have for the man. Because yep. it's like while he did do some reprehensible things, like God, you gotta give him some respect. Like he just kept at it, you know? Yeah. That's hard. And like really, like if if not for Watergate, he probably would have like gone through a, a successful second term. I mean, part of it is like Watergate didn't need to happen, I think is like one of the implications of this movie. Like he would have won. Like it's not like they dug up information that allowed him to win either the, right. that, that first one or the, the his reelection. He was gonna he was gonna dominate. That he always was. Yeah. And so it's like this is something that didn't need to happen, but he has like this yearning inside to like not just win but to like crush the opposition. So it's like mm-hmm. doesn't matter if he won by one vote. Like that wasn't good enough. He needed to like just absolutely dominate. And like that's what? And vanquishes enemies. Yeah. yeah. That I sort mean, of thing. Parallels to Donald Trump again. Like, he yeah. won the election, and, and he's like, it wasn't by enough, though. They're, they're not, they're not yeah, saying Donald the right Trump, amount of Donald Trump, the only person who's won an election and calls into question the legitimacy of it. Like, <sighs> he, he's like... Oh, my God. Yeah. It's like, Nixon's- you won. How do you say that it wasn't... Like, you say that it was rigged, but you won. Move on. Yeah, Nixon looks so good compared to Donald Trump. It's oh my crazy. god! Yeah, I mean, if Nixon you hadn't, looks if, like Abby Hoffman compared to <laughs> Nixon. Uh, I mean, he's probably Trump. he's probably about equal. I mean, if you take out like the war stuff, if you just gauge it on like economic policy and stuff like that, he'd probably be around Barack Obama. But that's just because like politics was further to the left. Yeah, oh. yeah. Economic politics was further to the left in those days. Like yeah. taxes were way higher and stuff. But at the same time, like. Democrats and Republicans were like, let's bomb the shit out of this fucking country. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, Bobby Kennedy worked with McCarthy and all this, like all this crazy shit that wouldn't make any sense now yeah. was happening. Yeah. Like the, the Democrats started the Vietnam War for crying out loud. I mean, it's it's bananas. It's a pa- parallel universe. Yeah. I mean, especially at that time when it was like the traditional political unions were sort of shifting. Because it was like after the civil rights movement, then you started seeing Democrats like leave the South. Like you couldn't be a Dixiecrat for very long. That's right. It's like they hung around for a little bit, but by the time of the 1980s, they got cleared out. Yep. 
racism became the official policy of the Republican Party. Yeah. That's where the votes were coming from. <laughs> yeah. Who are we? Yeah. Oh, racist. Yeah, and these days it's fascism. So Yeah, now it's full on fascism. <laughs> That's fun. That's their platform. It they, really they, is. They only mention it in passing here, but it was like in 72, George Wallace was running as like a third party candidate. Oh, yeah. But he was mm-hmm. shot and paralyzed. Right. And George Wallace like was the Democratic governor of Alabama. And he's the one that's like segregation now, segregation forever. Right. Yes. But it's like if you look at that whole speech that he gives, he's talking about he's like, we're going to have massive public works programs. We're going to have welfare for whoever needs it. We're going to build up the schools. We're going to do this. We're going to do that for the community. It's like. All his economic stuff was like super left leaning and then just tightened with racism. Like, yeah, it was socialism for white people. Yeah. <laughs> and we're not going to share it. Yeah. It's going to be for white people. Yeah. That's what the Dixiecrat platform was. And Basically. it's almost unfathomable today. It just uh, doesn't make any yeah, sense. Uh, but, socially conservative, fiscally liberal. Yeah, like, it's crazy. We're going to give you all these handouts and all the stuff that you want. We're not. It's But I know that you're all racist and you don't want someone to give you a thing and then give a black person a thing. So we're just not going to give the black person a thing. And that's yeah. that's what our politics are. <laughs> yep. And, I'm gonna, and he ran for president on it just being openly racist, and uh, he didn't win. Yeah. That kind of thing kept happening. David Duke ran for uh, governor that. of um, Louisiana, too. Mm-hmm. and people were like, it's unbelievable how close he came to being a governor. the governor of Louisiana. Oh, really? It's like, and we were living through a time when David Duke became president of the United <sighs> States. Oh, my God. <laughs> it might, might uh, get another yeah, term. I mean, we don't know at this point. We still, the election's tomorrow, so... The election is tomorrow. And it could be a while before we know the results. That's right. But Oh, God, I just hope it's a landslide. To, to all of our listeners who, who aren't in Washington, like you need to start lobbying for like 100% mail-in ballots. Oh, yeah, I so voted nice. already. Yeah, so did I. So nice. Like, it comes like three weeks ahead of time. I fill it out while like drinking coffee on a Sunday morning, waiting like, for your podcast host to show co-host to show up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going through the voters pamphlet, just uh, uh, wasting time. Like, I don't know. I just I don't understand why other states don't do it, or like why the country as a whole hasn't gotten on board. It's probably some fucked up reason. Any any state not doing it, it's probably some fucked up reason. Some sort of voter suppression, I would assume, because it's easier, I, I would assume, cheaper than hiring all these poll people to work the polls and whatnot. And you just mail shit out. It's very easy. Mail it back. You don't even have and to if, stamp if, if it. And if a state's not doing it, I just assume there's some sort of bad, bad <laughs> yeah. faith behind it. Yeah. Well, I just want to say, in the, in the movie, Nixon, there's the part where he says, Every time the Republican Party is home to extremism, we lose the goddamn election. And I'm just hoping that that holds true this time, too, because they're really, like... Uh, <laughs> They, they Republicans seem a little extreme these they, days. They seem to get it. pretty extreme, didn't they? So uh, <laughs> I'm really hoping that they are the home of extremism right now, and um, that whoever said that in the movie, I hope that holds true. God, I really do. I really hope that holds true. I mean, some signs are pointing to that maybe being the thing, but then the, there's the possibility <laughs> that they steal or mm-hmm. that the polls are wrong. Or, who or that he doesn't knows. leave office. Yeah, he cheated he four years oh, ago. Oh, I hope that happens. <laughs> I yeah. want to see him dragged out of there. <laughs> 
by military guys. I know. I'm being. I'm, like I'm a being screaming little baby. I'm fantasizing. This is not going to happen. But I'm still. I'm just saying. I hope he dies of COVID like days after losing <laughs> in a landslide. He's probably going to get it again. Yeah. You can get it again. Yeah. I think, and he is very stupid. So he's probably going along <laughs> like, hey, you can't get it twice. I heard somewhere you can't get it twice. Like you can get it twice, and you're not doing anything. Yeah, so if there's a big difference between Nixon and Trump, it's that Nixon like could play three dimensional chess. Nixon was smart. Yeah, he was. I mean, obviously, Trump is one of those dudes that, as they say, what uh, born on third base and thinks they hit a triple. Yeah, Nixon, his dad was a what? The, I don't know. He had a bunch Orange of jobs. Grove? Dirt yeah. poor, yeah. like lemon a farmer lemon, in lemon Whittier, farm. California, famously, yeah. and then became a grocer. Grocer. Which that going back to when you're talking about his electability and like building a broad coalition, he's got that story in his pocket, and they talk about that in the movie. Like everyone's quoting it along with him. Oh yeah. I grew up here, a stone's throw from here, on a little lemon ranch in your Belinda. There's the poorest lemon ranch in California, I can tell you that. The poorest lemon ranch in California, I can assure you. And then at the end, when he's giving that speech, saying that thing, I was like, I was buying into it. And then he had a lemon ranch. It was the poorest lemon ranch in California, I can assure you. This movie really sells Nixon too well, a little bit, which is weird because Oliver Stone obviously wasn't a fan of Nixon yeah. in any way. Oliver but Stone's politics are like kind of hard to pin down, but you just got to keep in mind he is a a Marxist and <laughs> yeah. b crazy. Yeah, yeah. If you ever watch his like miniseries, like the Untold History of the United States, I love it. I watched it twice. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> it's fa- it's like, great. That's one of those things. Like, okay, he's definitely buying into like you know history from questionable sources, but it's oh, yeah. also like. He'll, like, just excuse things that Stalin did. It's like, yeah, Stalin might have committed mass genocide. This is true. But he had the overwhelming support of his people. And I'm like, what? <laughs> well, he's, he says some really weird shit about Stalin that took me a little while to wrap my head around it. And again, you get, you like, you got to keep in mind that, A, Marxism, which yeah. is pretty weird, uh, and B, Oliver Stone. So it's not, it's not just Marxism. It's not like any Marxist would agree with Marxism. his interpretation. I took a couple classes. Filtered through a coked-out $100 bill. Like. Uh, an egotist, like a, a real extreme egotist who's got his own ideas. I mean, he co-wrote the, the book that that whole miniseries is based on mm. and stuff. So it's kind of, at one part, a legit history of the America from a Marxist perspective, which is very interesting history that everyone should have, at least... I, as a part of their history, historical knowledge, is, there's no like one true history discipline sure. that's correct. Um, but you want to have these layers, uh, and then there's just Oliver Stone's stuff that, <laughs> that he's like his weird passions and gripes and stuff that's just bubbles inside his head. And he's, yeah, he's nuts, which is why I like. I like give me a director who's crazy, yeah. please. Yeah. I was th- yeah, I was thinking watching the movie this time. It was like it's kind of like you show. Have you ever like shown up to a party and someone's been there for longer than you? And they're already drunk and on drugs, and they just like start talking at you. And you're like, "Hold on, let me catch up." Party the whole time. Yeah, Yeah. and you're like, "I'll get there." Just like give me. That's what this movie felt like a little bit. I was like, "I'm, I am not in this headspace yet. Give me a little bit. Give me a minute. Give me time to ramp up. I'll give you three and a half hours to ramp up. How's that sound?" I was here for it though, because yeah, like I think it's like the first scene. Nixon's in that like study or whatever. The fire's going, but like the general walks in. With tape, Powers and he, Booth, and he no- Al Hag. He notices, like, yeah, the fire's roaring, but the air, air conditioning's also on. So it's like, what's he gonna do with these tapes? Like, <laughs> yeah. just like that one scene, I'm like, I'm sold. Like, I, I, I can no longer think critically about this on like a scene to scene basis. Like, 
I'm just already immersed and I'm sold on this. Oh, and man. we're two and a half minutes in. God bless you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I just think this movie is relentlessly entertaining. And, and it's the kind of movie where it's like, this movie's three hours long. And then I, when I start watching, I'm like, oh, man, it's, this could be six. Oh, I yeah, feel I'm like this movie could be seven bored. hours long. Yeah. Not, there's not a boring second in this movie. And it feels dynamic, even when it's like just super domestic, when it's just him and Pat in a room arguing. Like, it feels engrossing. Like, you're there with them. And, like, you understand both their points of view. It's like going through an election sounds like a waking nightmare. Like, I could never do any form of even the lowest level of elected politics because I'm like, I could never mudsling. The moment someone slung mud at me, I would resign. (laughs) Your feelings of, yeah, that really hurts my feelings. I don't even like when someone disagrees with me on Twitter. Like, I can't can't run for office. That's brutal. You got to be, you got to have, like, whatever mental affliction politicians have. Yeah. And so, like, the idea that, like, Nixon, who lost so many times on, like, the biggest scale, like, not just governor, but, like, president once before, Oof. and, like... Ran again four years later. Yeah, ran again four years later. Which is crazy. Yeah. Or at least seemed crazy at the time. And the idea that his desire to do that again outweighed, like, the pain of losing and knowing that you could lose again... Well, it's like, like a drug. Yeah, I mean, well, the, the pain of losing oh. would be like the come down, but like if the, the the potential of winning would be like and and he says like getting high you know, again. Only yeah. when you've been in the darkest valleys can you like really appreciate like the the soaring highs. And it's like yeah, because only if you've been in the deepest valley can you ever know how magnificent it is to be on the highest mountain. Which he sa- which he says in his legitimately moving address to his staff that he makes before he uh, goes away in that famous like helicopter thing at the end mm-hmm. of this movie yeah. that I choke up listening to and I'm not like a fan of Nixon by any stretch of the I, I don't think he's the worst president of all time obviously we've outdone him <laughs> twice yeah. twice in my lifetime <laughs> pretty fucking impressive but like he he obviously I I don't think he's like fully evil like I would say about. Trump, I think that there's a part of him that really wanted to maybe do good or, like, help the country. I think right. he's a, he a civil least, servant at his core. Yeah, he at least had the dignity to say, after, you know, months and months of denying it, finally being like, you know what, I did this, and the good thing to do is to resign. Yeah. He well, got know, there. I was going to so say, I don't I, know if it was the good thing. I think it was that impeachment was coming, and, it would be and more Republican humiliating. senators were jumping ship. Didn't yeah. they, I thought they did impeach him, didn't they? No, 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 no. The, the, oh. Yeah, it was coming. He just... This was at a time when Democrats like dominated the Senate and the and the House. Yeah, uh, this was like a fifty-year period or something where Democrats were like basically following FDR. Uh, Democrats had control forever. Oh. Like it was it was basically a given. And so if it had gone to the Senate, I think the Senate was like sixty-two Democrats or something. Yeah, he would have gotten tossed out, and there was just no way around it. Yeah, like there was a handful of times where Republicans controlled. Because I know, like during the Truman administration, Republicans controlled the Senate. That's right. For like they, they two came years back or really briefly in during Truman, and then yeah, and then it, I think the next time was under Reagan. Like I think it was like the first midterm or something like that. Did they get the Senate again? I think so. Because it was the Gingrich Revolution in 94 when they they brought the House back and that was the first time it had flipped. Since World War II or something, yeah. It's crazy how long Democrats were in charge. I'm listening to a podcast about um, the Bill Clinton scandals just like throughout his presidency. Don't those seem quaint? They sure are. crazy what they impeached him for. (laughs) Yeah, it really was. You lied one time. (laughs) 
He was under oath, though. He had an impropriety. Yeah. It's and then insane. Many of those, many of the same Republicans who were in office and like, like bad mouthing Clinton were like, uh, yeah. So he worked with the Russians to uh, crush yeah. one of his political opponents. Get this guy back in here. Yeah, uh, it's he's fine. fine. That's not a big deal. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's crazy. So bad. Yeah. It's yeah. So bad. And like what Nixon did. That's bad. That's impeachable. I, I would oh, say. Oh, sure. Like, hundred percent. Don't. That's tampering. percent. Election. Don't do a burglary bad. when you're president. Yeah. Like, they kept talking about how it was, like, a third-rate burglary, too. That it was, like, it wasn't, like, you know, a bunch of uh, uh, cat burglars on wires, like, sneaking in. It's, like, they just kind of kicked the door in yeah. and started helping themselves. It's a classic thing they like to say where they go, like, can you believe the tragedy of this giant, powerful figure being undone by a third-rate burglar? And you're like, yeah. it's a burglary. <laughs> He's the president. You're not supposed to do a burglary. <laughs> At, at all, You're and they the were key points. Here. Yeah, he did a burglary, <laughs> and they broke into the Democratic office to like steal, to like sabotage to his opponents. It. It's yeah. really bad. And apparently, all the stuff those rat fuckers did was terrible. I heard that like uh, the Watergate, the actual like time when they, the burglars got caught, it was like that wasn't the first time they were breaking in. They were going back in to fix faulty recording equipment that they'd already put that's in. That's right. It was already in. That's true. So it's like, you didn't even put it in right in the first place. <laughs> a movie that I like even more than this one uh, so that maybe there's just something wrong with my brain is uh, All the President's Men. Oh, so I love that movie. I spend a, no, lot, of, a lot of my days just like living in the Nixon administration <laughs> for, for some reason. I don't it's know so why it fascinating. is. No, it's just such a fascinating thing. Like as I watched that This American Experience it's funny, when Nixon died, my dad made a comment after the newscast was talking about it, and he said, Nixon is a man who outlived his unpopularness or something along those lines. Ooh. And, you know, I was like 13 at the time, so I was just like, oh, that's true. But then I watched that, that uh, This American Experience about him, and I was like, I think history hates Nixon, actually. I think my dad was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah. And I think rightfully so. I think what he did was reprehensible, and he should have been like, called out on it. And the fact that he denied and covered it up for almost two years... Is like, I mean, there was rumblings about it. I think before his reelection, but like no one took it really seriously. Because I want to say all the president's men starts in like 1970 or 71 or something. And it starts at the while they're doing the Watergate break-in. Whenever that happened, because yeah. that happened obviously so, way before it became exposed. So yeah, I, I would. Pro it's before the election. I think it's 72. Yeah, it's before the no, election because no, no. they were trying You're to right. sabotage the election. So yeah. it was 70, 71. Yeah, yeah that's when I guess. And so like base one to unit one. And I mean, uh, you know. We've all seen the post, except for this one. No, I haven't. Uh, it's fine. Okay. It's fine. I mean, the post doesn't make any sense because, like, they didn't break the Pentagon Papers, and that's what the movie's about. Like, <laughs> I, I, you know, I look forward to the movie about, um, you know, the Watergate investigation told from the point of view of the New York Times. Like, right. I don't understand that, but the post was still sort of a struggling newspaper at the time. And they had, like, limited resources. So, like, when Watergate happened, like, that's what made them the powerhouse publication that they are today. But, I mean, you get the idea that Oliver Stone doesn't hate Richard Nixon. Like, he kind of sympathizes with him. Just that they have fundamental disagreements on sort of things. But, it's like, he understands them on, on, like, a human level. Like, the drive that Nixon has, I think. Oliver Stone kind of sympathizes with that. I read an interview with Oliver Stone one time. It's interesting that you point this out, and I think the the, uh, the person that was interviewing him said as much, because knowing his leftist politics 
his leftist and other politics, uh, they were like, it seems like you, you know, found a real sympathetic core for Nixon. And he's like, I hate Nixon. I don't actually have a sympathetic core for him at all. But I'm making a movie about him and I can't have the center of a movie. Like he sacrificed that for the drama that he he couldn't make a movie, a three and a half hour movie about a guy that everyone hated. Yeah. Where he's like hating him the whole time and he doesn't have like some sort of human core to him. So he, the, a lot of that is, I don't know if it's fabricated, but it's Oliver Stone thinks that he's fabricating it because wow. he wants to create at least a character that has some sort of soul that he can delve in deep, deeper because it's like a it's combination a of fabrication his, then it's like, his pretensions as a dramatist as opposed to his pretensions as a, like a historian I mean or a, yeah that makes sense like fan. yeah it, like if this was just three hours of like shitting on Nixon I'm uh, just I hate this person and that yeah. person I'm screaming <laughs> the, everyone by anti semi racist yeah. like <laughs> They should have him like like pick his nose and eat it or something, and just be like, "Oh, what a look at him! He's gross." <laughs> yeah. When, when there's nobody's in the room, he's just like, "Now I'm gonna eat my own boogers." <laughs> like that's that's like how much. Yeah, and you don't want to see that. I mean, I would want to see that, but I don't know if it would be as Anthony good a movie. Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins eating his own boogers. Actually, eat a booger, Anthony. Really do it. I'm paying you a lot of money. You'll get that Academy Award nomination. No, you're not gonna win. Yeah. Anthony Hopkins lost to Nicolas reel. Cage for, for leaving, leaving Las, Las Vegas. Vegas. Well, you know, that is a fine performance. He's real good in that movie. Pooh, but I don't know. To me, this is like Denzel Washington and Malcolm X losing to uh, Al Pacino in Scent of a Woman. That Warner. is a shame. You know, <laughs> That the, is unbelievable. I think the biggest Academy Award injustice in this is that Paul Sorvino did not get nominated for oh Best Supporting Actor. That's How a, have we that's done a this without talking about Paul Sorvino? <sighs> that's a fucking gimme. Paul Com- Sorvino is Henry Kissinger. He's Complete fantastic. Complete transformation. Like if you, I don't recognize him. Yeah, if you put the real Henry Kissinger next to Paul Sorvino as Henry Kissinger, you would not be able to tell them apart. It's insane. Even if you made them talk. They're cowards. That opposition represents the cowardice of the Eastern establishment. They don't realize, as you do, sir, that the communists only respect strength and they will only negotiate in good faith if they fear the madman Richard Nixon. Exactly. Mr. President, we have got to get ahead of the ball. Like, it's so fucking great. And Oliver Stone hates Kissinger so much. Like, his kiss, his depiction of Kissinger in this movie is, I kind of think, the sort of thing he was resisting doing with Nixon. Oh. Where he's just constantly pointing out his hypocrisy and how he always wanted to be, like, uh, d- depicted as this um, level-headed, pragmatic, real politic guy, but he was actually just this evil fucker. Yeah. Who was, like, t- he was, like, the devil. Ready to sell someone out. exclusively any... the devil on Nixon's shoulder going, you are doing a good thing when you are... <laughs> You know, bobbing the hell out of Cambodia and all this shit is great. You're a genius. And meanwhile, he's telling everybody, like, I can't believe Nixon's bobbing the hell out of Cambodia. And he's shit-talking him behind his back, absolutely. Oh, what a Hates piece him of so shit. much. Yeah, total garbage. Oh. And that dude, and I, I appreciate that dude, that too, because that dude got away with that sort of, like, self-styled reputation as a thinker and a, yeah. a statesman. Uh, for, up until now, honestly. Like, you remember Hillary Clinton put out a picture of herself with yeah. him, like, during her candidacy for president where she's like yeah i'm here with this genius and you're like fuck you <laughs> oh my god people like, still believe well that you can shit. learn to use that power for good maybe but like i don't just... think that was a power that he ever had it was like all horse shit i learned about henry kissinger from the simpsons and i never, oh, yeah. I, I never got the henry kissinger jokes until like later and then i was like oh yeah they, they, he deserves it he deserves all the ire Everywhere. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I definitely remember, yeah, Henry Kissinger dropping his glasses yes. in the <laughs> toilets. Well, I'll let you know if your glasses turn up. Uh, yes, well, I'm sure I left them in the car. No one must know I dropped them in the toilet. 
Not I, the man who drafted the Paris Peace Accords. <laughs> and, Monty, and then he just stands there and Burns is like, <laughs> and then just walks away from him. Oh, my God. This is all up my alley, guys. This is this is my night right here. We're talking Nixon and Simpsons and all the presidents, man. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm very at home here. <laughs> I did uh, watch another Oliver Stone movie sort of in preparation. Have either of you seen The Hand? I still haven't seen that. No, it's like his I first or second yet. movie? Yeah, with really Michael Caine. Yeah. Actually, it's pretty good, and you can kind of see like the Oliver Stone-isms in it. Like. Mm when they flash back it looks like it's different film stock like it's on black and white film and like I don't know for like being a movie where like someone's severed hand comes alive and starts killing people he kind of threw his back into it like he's a hoofer he plays like a hobo that gets killed by the hand in the movie too and then it's got Michael Caine in it he would do cameos in his movies for a time I don't I think he stopped doing it pretty quick but he turns up in Wall Street he's in Platoon he gets blown up in Platoon what year was the hand do you know 82 or something okay so that was post scarface so he had kicked his cocaine habit but that would have been awkward when he's trying to oliver find... stone kicked his cocaine habit well that's i what think he, he brought it to heel maybe is <laughs> what he is what he meant <laughs> he was doing drugs famously and possibly still does i mean there's all kinds of stories about the natural born killer set and him making people do drugs and stuff <laughs> It, I mean, Nixon feels like it was made by somebody on drugs. I'm just going to be honest, but uh, yeah, it's all so long do. and it's so edited. There's so much of it. There's so much to just keep they, together. He's got to shoot, just shoot and shoot and shoot. And he's there's I, there's stuff that, where it's just going to be like a blip, where it's like, and now we're flashing back for just a second because it's a thought that pops into Richard Nixon's head uh, of of like a, a interview that he had on a show, and he had to get that set and get those actors yeah, just for this yeah. blip. There's so much. I, I read that the editing, like, they had three editing bays going at once. And oh, so, like, yeah. they would do a screening, and then, like, if something didn't work, they'd edit it together, and then they'd do it. And they, so they were just doing, like, screenings of the full three-hour movie every, like, 48 hours. Well, it's God. like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, I gotta think, like, what's the mindset that can make a movie like this? Like, A, you have to, like, have, like, the concept in your head because a movie like this could go off balance so easily and become so bloated or just repetitive. And this movie doesn't. Like, even though it's kind of rehashing the same themes, it's like in different contexts or from different points of view yeah. or under different circumstances. And it each one is compelling in its own way. Like, you know, his defeat as governor is different from his defeat uh, running for president that year. Like, they feel different. Like, yeah. And they have different impacts on his character. And I don't know, just, like, the, the mindset to, like, storyboard this movie and then, like, commit it to film and then, like, get it edited down to, like, where it makes any sort of narrative sense. Like, that's just outside my my imagination. That's why I always got to give it up for to Oliver Stone. I mean, that yeah. is just the insane ambition. And a lot of times ambition like this comes from a person that's, like, some sort of warped weirdo that you wouldn't want to actually like hang around with or anything like that i mean i I, i'd have never met a person who would have the wherewithal to make a movie like this i mean i can't imagine what kind of person you'd have to be yeah it'd be a different person than just you know the everyday guy walking down the street like you'd you know and you have to do drugs (laughs) he's probably up 16 18 hours a day for just months on end and that's before editing he's got to corral all these actors and stuff like that like i think of other directors that like you know make movies that can be three hours long and like this entertaining you know uh, Scorsese. Scorsese. Uh, Scorsese. For sure. Yeah. But it's like also like coked out rock and roll mind. Like. Yeah. Mitch Martin Scorsese. Yeah. 
And I had a thought while watching this movie where it's like, I wonder sometimes if Oliver Stone ever thinks that somebody else besides him is going to be watching his movies. Because, mm-hmm. like, I think of Martin Scorsese and, like, I, when I watch one of his movies, he clearly, to me, has it in his head that, like, this is going to show on a cinema screen mm-hmm. and, like, other people are going to see this. And I'm not entirely sure Oliver Stone has that same thought when he's making his movies. I could see like, Oliver Stone being like, I want to make this while I'm, like, drunk and high on coke. Yeah, and I just like, want to scream I have this to for get, me. I have to get whatever's in my head out. And so, like, it has to look good to me. And then he's like, I hope people like it. Like, that's a, that's two different ways to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know if that's true. It's just, like, something I was thinking while watching it. I think Nixon's a little bit more serious i guess is the right word compared to like jfk which or natural born killers like those that can get really bonkers jfk has a lot more sort of conspiracy stuff in it that is sort of entertaining but it's also like wait what is this ren fair stuff that they're doing what is this baroque pageantry that they're putting on are you just talking about those scenes where tommy lee jones joe pesci and kevin bacon are painted golden uh, <laughs> gold and silver and with having sex with each and, other and powdered yeah that is a pretty odd scene isn't it <laughs> yeah. and it's in there for like you know 30 seconds it's or not something. long but it's enough <laughs> <laughs> it's like tommy lee jones painted gold spanking joe pesci who's painted silver and he's gone ah, ah, and you're like wait what I gotta go back there a little bit. <laughs> Nixon, everything gets to like that level of craziness. Although there is some stuff like the hospital scene. I seem to remember getting a little. He really, he, yeah. Oh. That's when he really lets the natural born killers style yeah. like kind of visual motifs out there. Yeah, I, I read that Anthony Hopkins actually he had his lungs punctured, so he was really coughing up blood. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you gotta no, cut that's me. Not true. It's a puncture my lung, please. <laughs> oh, Pat, <laughs> Pat. I do a really good impression of Buddy. Anthony Hopkins as Nixon going, Pat, when he's really sick and he finds blood all over his sheets. Whoa. I've seen this movie 31 times now. I mean, that I is such a, a real thing. I didn't know that was, a real, that was yeah. a real thing. Yeah, he had the some sort of weird viral thing, viral full bodice or whatever the hell yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, he was... When when he a, had when everything, yeah. phlebitis, I believe, yeah. When, yeah. when everything was spiraling out of control. I remember my body. Flabby, pasty-skinned, riddled with phlebitis. A good Republican body. God, I loved it. Can I talk about my favorite scene in this uh, yes, entire please. movie? The most Oliver Stoney scene in the whole thing? Please do. That is not in the... Uh, you might not have seen this, because oh. it's only in the director's cut, okay. to the best of my knowledge. But it is the scene where he's meeting with uh, Sam Watterson. Did you oh, see Sam Watterson at any point in the I movie? Did. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. in the director's cut. He, he's the CIA director. I can't remember the the character's name, but I can't remember his name. It's it, a real person. Er, early on in like that first scene, Nixon's like, "Don't mess with him." Like, just that, that that's off limits. Okay, he knows to be careful around this guy. It's the head of the, the CIA, and this is uh, so is this, this is only Oliver in the Stone's director's cut? cut. It's only in the director's cut. Oh. There's some stuff that's only in the director's cut that is clearly Oliver, Oliver Stone trying to veer more into JFK. Sort of like okay. this is stuff that people just talk about. There's no facts backing any of this up. They definitely like in the version I watched. They definitely hint. I have a note that's like, are they? Is he trying to connect? Nixon to the assassination of JFK. Okay, in yes. the director's cut, they make sort that of pretty explicit. Okay, okay. Yes, there's a conversation between uh, Harold Haldeman and Ehrlichman where they, in Oliver Stone's not going like Nixon was involved in the assassination. He just is more like what they did some stuff with Castro, and then he's afraid that the shit that they did in Cuba with Castro bounced back. No, that's on the one I did see. Kennedy. I well, I saw something along those lines. Yeah, and, and the old man shits peach pits yeah. whenever uh, whenever it's brought up. Yeah, did you hear I mean, that I line? Did see this thing. That's yeah. a good one. There's but, a lot of movie to remember. So there's a lot of movie. <laughs> 
so you might have seen the director's maybe, cut. I'm, I'm positive that this scene with uh, Sam Watterson, where he plays the evil CIA director, is, not, is only in the director's cut because it's, it's the craziest scene in the entire movie okay. by far for all kinds of reasons. Because this is all straight up like uh, JFK up down the down the rabbit hole. Do we go down the rabbit hole? Yeah. But it's great. It's like speculative sort of conspiracy type stuff. But um, how? Like, I mean, I guess Nixon was. So let's see. Kennedy was assassinated in '63. Nixon lost to him. So like, they're so they're insinuating that because he lost, or was it stuff that he, he never did as sp- vice president that got Castro up? Let's see. This is I, he never spells it out me. completely, but you are expected to kind of know about Oliver Stone's own opinions about the JFK assassination, and his own opinions are that all kinds of shit maybe happened or did happen. Yeah. Like his, they're, they're not incredibly coherent what he actually thinks happened. He just well, likes to put all the theories. I mean, out I mean there. with JFK, it only takes like fifteen percent of that movie being true before you start thinking like something might have been up with that. Which is good because that's probably the only portion of the movie that is actually true. But right. there's clearly, I mean, after watching that movie, I'm like, I don't know what I believe, but definitely we have not been told the full story. Yes. So like, whatever you want to believe, we don't know the full truth. But the so the meaning with Watterson, that's the in the director's cut only. In, I'm pretty sure it's only in the director's cut, and uh, and and you can see why they would have cut it out. And, and, and but it is my favorite scene in the whole thing because it's full on insane Oliver Stone and so Nixon's going in to, to meet this guy I wish I could remember his name and this is another reason why he might not want to have this in the movie because this is a real person who presumably has family and he's depicted in this scene as the devil basically <laughs> but anyways Nixon's going like um, uh, like people are telling him like this guy the CIA director is stonewalling you Nixon he's not going to implement the policies that you want to implement okay. and he's like well uh, he's like he's a really good poker player and Nixon goes well I own the fucking casino and I'm going to go in there and I'm going to fuck this guy up and get him in line and he goes in there and it's Sam Watterson and, and Sam Watterson's like hello dick it's like his boss and he's going hi dick oh and he's like God. my friends call me Mr. President and he's like alright Anyway, Richard what Helms. do you want? Like, yeah. <laughs> Richard Helms. Is the Helms, right Helms, right. Helms, of okay. course. And, and there, there is um, Hoover is in this as well. Which we, yeah, we got to talk about Bob. Oh Hoover is in this How as we well. Not Bob Hoskins. And every like everyone hates Hoover as well. But he, but Oliver Stone clearly reserves all of his hatred for Helms because Hoover is depicted with maybe a little bit of a twinkling in his eye, and it's Hoskins. He gets a likable actor, and he's. There's there's some questionable stuff in the way that it's depicted, but yeah. it's also oh, yeah. kind of like, hey, isn't this fun? <laughs> Helms Helms is the devil incarnate, and he goes in there, and Helms is just sort of like, yeah, I'd like to do all these things that you're telling me to do, Dick, but uh, you got to keep in mind that a lot of this uh, shit that went on with the Bay of Pigs and, uh, uh, I don't know, the Kennedy assassination and stuff, you know... Some people might be keeping records about stuff that maybe people like you did and involve you were involved in that. I sure didn't keep any of my name in those <laughs> records. And so he's basically going like, if you try to try to act like you're my boss or something, I'm going to expose all the horrible shit that the the, wow. the nightmare stuff. The, the code word being Bay of Pigs. Bay of Pigs. Like whenever Bay of Pigs is brought up, that's actually referring the old man to... shits peach bits. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. But like, so well, th- that makes that would actually add more clarification to the the little like. Well, hint that I got in the movie. When I was watching last night, like, you know, I had, like, you know, two glasses of wine in me, and, like, the edible was, like, in full swing. Oh, no. And then, like, it showed, like, the thing with Sam Watterson's yeah, that's, eyes. That's the thing. And so, so they're all black. Like, 
just <laughs> not, not, not the whole time, but just at one part in it where and they're they're talking about evil, and he goes like, uh, "I do know that." He, like it's when Nixon is saying, "I do know that there's such a thing as evil," and it's a time when Helms is like spritzing water on his orchids, and then he looks up at the camera, and his eyes are black. Oh, that's too much. It's so crazy. <laughs> and, but I was like watching it at home. I was like, "What is like?" Because I'm like in a different like dimension at this point i'm like where did this movie go because yeah. I, I, I don't remember that i don't think that was in uh when i watched this movie initially like you know 10 15 years ago oh, sure so like this whole thing also like maybe it's just me i can't take sam watterson seriously ever since like grace and frankie came out like he's just too much of a goofball oh. and so like I don't know. He doesn't. He doesn't w- walk around like the devil to me. He kind of just walks around like a, a, a goofy old hippie to me. Well, he's very over the top in this too. It's he's not playing well, his it subtle. Eyes he's are like really wide. That would be very uh, difficult given our charter, Nixon. <laughs> he's like he's being a real ass. I I, think, I love it. It's like just crazy over the top Oliver Stone it insanity. Is, like it. Like I was sucked in, but it was just like when like he like looked. And those black eyes came out. I was like, the black eyes fuck. thing is truly. I feel like absurd. I remember that. Yeah, Where that, am mu- I? that must be. That must be in the direction. And it's the and it's the sort of scene that they're saying a lot of stuff. It's pure conspiracy they're, shit. Yeah, it's like they're talking around a topic. So it's yeah. like, you know, at, at one point Helms is like just listing off like, uh, you know, various Guatemala places in like Iran, Central America, and and Asia, and it's like. I don't know what any of these places mean, but they seem real important to the characters. <laughs> and it's all stuff that Nixon possibly was involved in oh, yeah. uh, when he was while he was vice president. president under Eisenhower and they were doing all this fucked up CIA shit. Mm. And and he's afraid that it has... Nixon is a in this movie. <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure any, it has any bearing in reality, but in this movie, Nixon is deathly afraid that it has something to do with the uh, JFK assassination. Okay, okay, okay. And that yeah. he has like some part that he's not aware of in the JFK assassination. I don't have y'all listened to Slow Burn uh, on the Nixon. Yeah, it's, it's a slate. Okay, so they have a whole episode about how conspiracy theories were like starting to pop up after JFK died, but then like when Watergate went down, it just like almost confirmed everybody's ideas that conspiracy theories were happening because it's like there was a real conspiracy yeah, going yeah. on. Like it's not a theory in this case. Yeah, there there were actually like shady characters working in the background trying to cover up things. And doing bad deeds, and it's like confirmation. Like this is the, these are the things that I've been talking about, people. Now let's dig in and find these other things, you know. So Ugh. it's like, it's just like it's almost, it, it's 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 just feeding this thing, even though it's like an isolated incident, probably. Um, but now you're just like, well, I got the, like, I don't think Jeffrey Epstein killed himself. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> seems unlikely. It seems pretty unlikely. So yeah, fuck. That, that's the whole thing is knowing the difference, with, like having your life completely controlled by insane conspiracy theories, and rec- and, the, and then the other. There, there are conspiracies. Yeah, like, of course, yeah. powerful people are going to get together and do things and then cover them up. Like, why would they not? Yeah, I, when I watch a movie, but like it doesn't this, mean I'm that like... there's pedophiles in a pizza basement. <laughs> like, you got to know when the, you got to know what the line is. You hey, got to keep your finger on reality. Q knows what's going on, man. <laughs> Q gets it. Well, after post pod, we're going to talk about some things. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> really. Some literature for we're you, going yeah. down that rabbit hole <laughs> well it's like some of the like conversations that nixon has with some of his his men in this i do think i'm like oh yeah presidents probably have people killed all the time because there's so many loose ends all the time because it's like ed harris's character was at howard howard hunt, hunt. yeah uh, ed harris 
you know this cast. My oh, God, Ed Harris, there's we haven't tons even of people we haven't Ed even Harris mentioned being in it. Yeah, and he's like the first person that we see in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies, let's go do the Watergate burglary, everyone. <laughs> you pansies. <laughs> But it's like they're all such assholes, but the Watergate burglars are such jerks. Like I think uh, Liddy says, like I'm gonna tear you a new asshole to one of his. Oh, there's another one of the, one of the crazy Oliver Stone touches that I really love, where um, uh, they're all, all the Watergate burglars are watching this like um, this this very pointed uh, educational film about salesmen, and it's like always smile, nothing spells oh, sincerity like a smile or yeah. something like that. And then they're all like, all right, ladies, let's go do this goddamn burglar, you fucking jerks. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then it cuts to this old guy who's just talking to another dude, and he goes, Years of decency and clean living are over. And that, that, like, that little, like, salesman reel, the, the dude in that is like a... John C. McGinley. From Scrubs. Oh, my God. Oh, that's right. He's Oliver Stone's college buddy. That's right. Is he really? Yeah, yeah. I bet they got some he's stories. In, he's in Wall Street. Um, oh. He's a big role in Wall Street. Uh, other stuff too. Yeah, seen Wall Street yeah, yeah, yeah. Years. Oh yeah, he's in Platoon. Oh, of course. Okay. I got a bad feeling about this, Bob. <laughs> I mean, I love him as an actor, just in general. But I mean, is there a better casting than well, maybe Paul Sorvino's Kissinger? But uh, Bob Hoskins is Jagger Hoover. Oh, yeah, Bob Hoskins. Just like that quiet sense of menace. Like, Bob Hoskins has it. Mm. To bring out that American accent again that we all love. Oh, he's so good at it. Yep. I didn't know he was British for years. <laughs> yeah. And the kid from My So-Called Life. Wilson Cruz. Has, uh, and Star Trek now. Takes a so. bites an apple out of his mouth. It's was, bananas. Was, it's wild. <laughs> that's, yeah. a, that's Oliver Stone. I want to see him, Glad. Edgar, he works in the kitchen. Not the boy, you idiot. Yeah, I'm, totally. I'm, I'm at home watching it, and I was like, how offended am I by this? Not. Yeah. I think it's fine. I thought about it, too, and I was like, this, this it's can fine. stay. This can stay. I yeah. think that maybe just a tiny piece should, you should at least know that you should think about being offended by yeah. it. But also, Jay all of Stone's questionable person, about these things. So. Yeah, I mean. He's bad. He's in that scene with, like, his, uh, like, some people speculated to be his, like, partner, and they're both wearing bathrobes. Oh, yeah. <sighs> It's bana- It's just wild. It's like, what if? What, how would Oliver Stone shoot a J. Edgar Hoover scene? And, yeah, I, and I, yeah, if I hadn't absolutely. seen this movie, I'd be like, I don't know. He'd probably be in bathrobes, <laughs> and there'd be a scene where he like tries to seduce a pool boy or yeah. something like that. And sure enough, and his partner's doesn't he say something like the help? Like, yeah, he said, "Please, Bob, not with the help." <laughs> it seemed like the help was seducing him. I felt like, <laughs> oh, like yeah. my oh, he's was into like, it. He's like, I think I'm gonna try and climb the ladder today yeah. a little bit. <laughs> he's into it. He's yeah. A- and this attracted to power. His partner's I mean. just like, honey. Yeah. <laughs> they just seem like an old married couple. <laughs> Jay Edgar was like, what? I he think came that, on to me. And I think that that character was played by Army Hammer in the Clint Eastwood <laughs> J. Edgar movie. Oh, really? And, and Leonardo DiCaprio was uh, J. Edgar Hoover. J. Edgar that. Hoover played by Bob Hoskins and Leonardo Di- DiCaprio. What does J. Edgar Hoover look like? I can't even picture <laughs> Somewhere it Somewhere between those two, I well, guess. There, there's that story that Tim Gunn tells his father worked at the FBI and he said that they, they went once and his father's like secretary was like, do you kids like the show? I love Lucy. And they're like, yes. And he goes, well, Vivian Vance is in the building right now. Do you want to come meet her? And then they went and met Vivian Vance and they're like, Oh my God, this is so fun. And it was like in Hoover's office or something like that. 
Uh, and like years and years went by, and like this is when Tim Gunn was like writing his autobiography, and he said that uh, it was like at Thanksgiving one year, and like his father was like dealing with Alzheimer's or dementia, was like in a home, and Tim t- asked his sister, he goes, "Remember that time that we met Vivian Vance at, at, in like Hoover's office? Doesn't it seem odd that Hoover wasn't there?" <laughs> <laughs> that is weird, and so. He put the story in his autobiography, but he had to take it out because there was no record of Vivian Vance being in the FBI building that day. Oh, weird. Yeah. So it's like, what what does J. Edgar Hoover look like? Probably like Vivian Vance from I Love Lucy. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best story ever. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Oh, I love that stuff. Oh, wow. J. Edgar. Good stories. All of them <laughs> apocryphal. You just don't know. You don't know which ones are true. Well, yeah, he was like the FBI director for 30 years or something. Yeah, like a long the, time. An insane amount of time. Because it's like he was, if the movie Public Enemies taught me anything, he was appointed to chase Billy down. Crudup in that movie. Is it, well, was he? <laughs> Billy, okay. Billy so, Crudup so, plays. Remember the Venn diagram of yep. Bob Hoskins, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Billy Crudup, Crudup. is? We're pro- and Vivian Vance. It's starting to, yeah, it's starting to veer into the more attractive area, too, which is weird. It's like overwhelming. I always envisioned him as more of a Bob Hoskins-y type of guy. Yeah, like, so rah, 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 like the penguin or something like that. I'm not going to look it up. I'm just but maybe he was a fucking smoke show when he was younger or something like that. <laughs> I know Crudup's doing like a weird voice too for him. He's like, "We're going to go get these guys." <laughs> it's great. Wow. But I mean, that thing—that was like the 1930s. I feel. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, he was FBI director for like 30 years or something. He had—he knew where all the bodies yeah. were buried. Yeah. He, didn't he die right around Watergate? Like, doesn't he die in this movie? He die. He dies over the course of the events of this movie. I don't. Yeah. They, they, I think at one point he talks like Nixon. They don't like address it head on, but he does go like, "Man, I wish that goddamn J. Edgar was still around because oh, yeah, he wouldn't yeah, let this yeah. shit go down." There's a really amazing scene where J. Edgar like helps him with his tie and stuff like that before his mm-hmm. daughter's wedding. I really yeah. love that. Yeah, that's a good exchange. I'm never good with these goddamn ties. Help me out, J. Edgar Hoover. She's <laughs> <laughs> so like, "All right then, let me just get this tie for you, there, Nixon." <laughs> What's great? What a wonderful movie. <laughs> Uh, I don't have we have we given enough love to Joan Allen real fast just while we're talking about actor Ugh. actors in this movie like this was, was her heyday because this like I love Joan Allen but I was surprised at how good she was in this. Does it matter what's on them? Really? Murder, Dick? Sex? Your secrets? Your fantasies? Or is it just me and you and? I'm ridiculous. I remember Alger Hiss. I know how ugly you can be. You're capable of anything. I don't know. I just, I, I thought she was a good foil for him in this movie. And she just, she brings it. Every scene, she's different. And she's bringing nuance that I've never seen Joan Allen do. Like, I just feel like she's she's firing on all cylinders in this Do movie. we know what play it was that they that Nixon and Pat were in together? Our American Friend. <laughs> no, was, that's no. the one that Lincoln got shot during. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing, I though. Know. What if it was? Oh my god, I don't, I don't know. It's the play that Nixon got shot to, and that Pat Nixon met Richard Nixon to, like two tragic wow. historical events. 
It's a cursed play. It's a cursed play. <laughs> it's the American play, like the Scottish play that you're not allowed to talk about. What if it was hair? <laughs> they they had to both be naked on stage at the same time. <laughs> this is the dawning of the age. This is the dawning of Will you marry me? Are you gonna marry me yet? I hate doing this crap. God damn it! He says at one point in their relationship, "Do you remember the first time we went out on a date together? I told you I wanted to marry you right there and then." And you're like, "Man, only in the '50s or whatever was that kind of shit acceptable." Like, I think we should. I, I'm gonna marry you. Well, their first that fucking was date. Okay, go. I'll go on another date with you. Apparently, <laughs> that really? wasn't. Oh, I, I'm he not said he's running. Marry me. I think that's kind of what it was like. Oh my god, it was a different time. But it wasn't that long ago. It's not that long ago. I mean, my not parents our were alive then. But like, our, my grandparents, you know, a little younger than than Nixon, I guess. Yeah. It's not that long ago. It's really not that long ago. Things changed fast. Wild times. Yeah. I remember hearing about the Checkers speech when I was pretty young, and it didn't sound that remarkable to me. But then when you see him do it, like the way that Anthony Hopkins does it here, I'm like, I can kind of see why this went over well. Like, I really... It was cynical. It was manipulative. It was a huge success. Yeah, That's how yeah. it's described in the movie. I really like the, the, the Checkers angle in the movie because it just shows that like he just... He wants to be likable, but he just isn't. Yeah, his and version like, of what a better un- way to show that with a dog. Yeah, mm-hmm. his version of a unlikable is this inc- incredibly staged event. Yeah, that is like meticulously stagecrafted. And he stuff knows like what likable looks. I like, know what likable is. It's not him. I can't do it, but I can simulate it. Yeah, God damn it. We were talking about the the salesmanship reel, and it's like when that came on, I just kept thinking of Donald Trump. Like that's all he did was like sell himself. Yeah. And Hypothetically. He didn't have a product. He was just selling the consumer to him. Oh, during that that like later period of his career before he became president where he just put his name on shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Trump steaks. TV shows. They're the best steaks. This water here. This best water. Yeah. I don't fucking know. He had Trump vodka, even though I guess he doesn't drink. <laughs> but, I mean, does it matter if you don't drink if you do that much Adderall? Yes. Like, I don't know if he does. I mean, that, that's always been fascinating to me where... And now we're off on a tangent here, but it's always going to come back around to Trump. It's an Oliver Stone movie. <laughs> it's an Oliver Stone movie. <laughs> we wouldn't be doing it justice if we didn't get off topic. But where people We've also go- done all this coke, so. <laughs> we, have, we did a lot of coke. Uh, listeners don't know, but before we started recording, we did a lot of cocaine. There was a, there was a mountain on this on this uh, coffee table, and now it's, it's more of a molehill at this point. So we, yeah. we, It's not you, gone, we've though. We've all seen Scarface. Like, it, it's like this, that. We've been taking toots when other people have been talking. <laughs> <laughs> We've done a pretty good job, I think. Toots I have to like. be the, the nicest word. For I'm just going to take a little toot of this cocaine here. Just a little toot of cocaine. It's fine. Help yourself to a toot of cocaine. i got to get my energy up. So I'm going to take a toot of cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> we are on cocaine. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm what sorry. was I talking about? <laughs> you said that you had a tangent to go on. Oh, uh, but how, how everyone always says, like, well, Trump, we know that Trump is a teetotaler. He doesn't drink. And, like, how do you know that? He says he doesn't. <laughs> well, what? He, a guy who lies about everything, and then and then, what is the one thing that addicts do more than anybody, anything else? Lie yeah. about their addictions? And then you're going, like, well, he told us he didn't lie. He doesn't do any of that stuff, so he must not do any of that stuff. What? That's bananas. 
I, he's I, clearly doing one. But then look at him talk. I know. He's doing that stuff. I don't know if it's booze or what it is yeah, specifically. He's I, on some shit. I'll, I'll believe that he doesn't drink because he just he doesn't strike me as like that sort of addict. But he's definitely addicted he's to something. Guy, not yeah. a downer guy. Like Adderall or Coke. No, he or is actually. Um, it is a matter of public record that he is on Adderall, at least according to people that worked on The Apprentice with him, is that he had a. Uh, uh, maintenance addiction to Adderall. Mm-hmm. Maintenance addiction. I am not might be might not be using the correct term, but basically, where to the you're addic- to the point where the addiction is like I need this. No, mm. oh. this isn't like a leisurely thing. I need to do this every <laughs> he, forty he minutes. It I need to do this the every way that Oliver Stone. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <his> cocaine addiction. <laughs> I need to do this every forty minutes, or things get weird. <laughs> maintenance addiction. That might not be the right term for oh. it. It but sounds, yeah, he's a total drug addict, reasonable. and his son's a drug addict. Well, and that would explain like sometimes when he gets really like drawly and like sleepy, that must mean he missed a dose. That's exactly right. And or so he's up there like, for too long and it's wearing off. Yeah, he can't. He can't like just take a little. That might explain. <laughs> Excuse why, me, everybody. Why he's not taking the uh, COVID tests all the time because they have to like stick something up your nose. Mm. That might be right. And you know you're gonna get a big if blob, they pull out, like a big chunk of Adderall. <laughs> Just like a strand of Adderall. That's a lot of Adderall. My God. Like a presidential level of Adderall that he's got in there. Yeah, he's a total reprobate. And I don't want to, like, uh, shit talk drug abuse or anything. I love drugs, and anybody yeah. that's abusing him is good, but just don't be a fucking moral though, hypocrite like, about it. I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to elect another the, drug abuser. At no point he's a guy who would be like, uses and loses. Yeah. Drug. And and I think and I actually talked to a friend about this where like it probably is Adderall that he's doing because he's so stupid that he would probably go like it's not it's not a drug it's Adderall that's a prescription drug it's a real thing so I'm not a drug addict yeah so I do Adderall and I drink rubbing alcohol they're both <laughs> medical <laughs> official things not what the poor people are doing. <laughs> yeah no that's probably right he probably justifies it in some backwards way that that's my theory i'm putting that out there that trump drinks rubbing alcohol <laughs> just putting that out there i don't know you know i let's keep it i'm keeping it i'm not editing that out i like it <laughs> yeah what's he gonna do yeah he's kill gonna, us all he's gonna come after in you? his second term maybe you know what i think we should do we should edit a video and put it out on facebook on on like seven different bot accounts on the same day saying trump drinks rubbing alcohol <laughs> and just see how far it goes Let's just see. It's believable. <laughs> we'll put one with like we'll, we'll color code them, and then we can see like uh, which one goes further. I, I think this is the best plan that I've ever heard. Yeah, is that how the do some works? rat fucking of our own yeah. here? Let's get in on the rat fucking guys. <laughs> Come on, uh, Cambridge Analytica. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. Trump does drugs, and uh, and Nixon was uh, history's greatest monster after Henry Kissinger, right? I'd say Trump is is history's greatest monster after Kissinger. Oh yeah, actually, yeah, we probably. Oh we god, if we're that. ranking like the Our, worst the worst, worst presidents of the last hundred years, because like you get you go farther back than that, and it gets weird because yeah. there's slaves and stuff, and you're kind of like, I don't want to well, put like, I don't want to put this one president <laughs> who didn't have slaves like. Below had, a president who literally had slaves, yeah, yeah. but like different standards. It's just easier to do it afterwards. But if you take the the last hundred years, you got George W. Bush too, though, who's 
I, yeah. Which I think we're like, all it's going amazing. A they surpassed him these days. Oh, for sure. Like he just, it's incredible that Trump is worse. Great, having like come of age politically, like during the W years. Yeah, I kind of think that like people are forgetting how bad it was. Oh, yeah, during those those eight years, that turned out to be the second scariest time politically that yeah. I, that yeah. I ever lived through, which is a goddamn shame because. <laughs> yeah. There was a couple years there where it was fucking scary. Yeah. You know? Especially in the first term when he could basically get away with anything and his approval rating would be like 70%. I remember yeah. the State of the Union where he called for an amendment to the Constitution yeah. banning gay marriage. And I, I remember too. standing up and being like, what the fuck? Yeah. He's a monster. Like, oh, you yeah. can't I forget that. I couldn't believe it. Just I because couldn't he... believe I was hearing this. But we don't... Yeah. We, we, he... <laughs> Trump doesn't have the patience to have a platform that big to make his big announcements. Like he's like, I've consulted with my generals and dot 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 in his tweet, and we all have to wait nine minutes for the next tweet, and we're like, what? We're going to war? Oh, you're banning transgender people from the military? Oh, that is yes, that's, that, so that's awful in a totally different quadrant than yeah. what I was expecting. His his uh, evil is always like in. Kind of the opposite of the evil of the Bush administration, because the Bush administration had like plans and ideas. Yeah, they were evil plans and ideas, but they required people who would be like knew what they were doing to implement them and you stuff. Think so about, you'd get like evil people like Ashcroft and, and Rumsfeld. I was say, you think about the people who surrounded the yep. W, and then you think about the people who are surrounding Trump. You can only oh. get in. You can only get incompetent people Good just Lord. by by the nature of the operation. And so they can't do anything. Yeah. They can let something horrible happen, like coronavirus, because they're not going to do anything right. to stop that from happening. But they're not going to probably go to war. Yeah, they can't be proactive about something no. evil. Yeah, they're not going to, like, George W. Bush killed possibly a million Iraqis because that whole organization, him and the, the people around him, like, had plans. They want. He was just, like, the figurehead for exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. There's no plans for no, Trump. I, just stay I, in like, power and make money. Like I, I hear about like thoughts of like Giuliani helping to rig the election, and I'm like, that man can't do anything. And like Giuliani, like, like he can meet drunk. with Russian officials. I, I was all gonna he say, wants. I've heard from like legitimate reporters who like tried to interview him. It's like he was drunk by the time he got to the interview. He reeks of he reeks of booze whenever whenever like people so yeah public like, appearances yeah. with him. It really yeah. like. It's it's not like how we're speculating with Trump and his Adderall. <laughs> it, it's like Giuliani like. Is an alcoholic. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and is behaving lawyerly alcoholic. No one likes him. I, I like. I don't even think like people who support Trump like Giuliani. I don't understand why he's like. <sighs> I don't think people that support Trump like anybody other than Trump. I don't yeah. think they like any of his kids. I don't think they like any of those surrogates. Which is uh, like, there's an argument to be made that just, it's going to be hard to continue. We it's going to be hard to going with that. <laughs> Yeah. Listen, you don't like Ivanka. You don't like Jared. I don't like Ivanka. I There's don't no like way Jared. any of those people like Ivanka. Yeah, no but Trump's part is probably just neutral to his kids. Not that they necessarily don't uh, like him. Well, just... that could be an angle. That's. I'm going to make a new video after yeah. uh, Trump drinks rubbing alcohol. <laughs> Can we all just come together on the fact that Jared Kushner is a piece of shit? <laughs> I'm sure most of those people have probably heard of Jared Kushner. I'm talking about Trump supporters here. Yeah. They've probably heard of Jared Kushner, but if you showed them like an interview with Jared Kushner, they'd be like, fuck that guy. I hate that guy. And you'd be like, that's Donald Trump's uh, like closest Son advisor. They'd yeah. be like, oh, uh, well, uh, oh, well. Yeah, they'll change whatever he does is fine then. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're right. As soon as but you he's like this Harvard. On it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's this like Harvard guy and he looks like a total wiener. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, that's that's not the speed. These people like a guy who gets on there and goes, hey, who, everyone's an asshole. <laughs> Everyone sucks. I hate the people that you hate. Isn't it great? I'm rich. 
shit on a gold toilet. Yay, we love this guy. <laughs> Nobody else is going to be able to do that, yeah. I don't think. It's weird because, like, all right, Richard Nixon, you know, left office, 25% approval rating, which at the time was very low. That's as low. rock bottom as it which, gets. Which is weird. Like, George H.W. Bush had a lower approval rating when he left office. So weird. Which I, and so did Jimmy Carter. But, I mean, the lowest was, was George W. Bush. Like, he left with, like, 12% approval rating or yep. something like that. And that's the 12%. It's like, well, if the president's doing it. must be doing it right or something. I want to know what, like, because, you know, my memory's not that good. What did Carter do or H.W. Bush do that was so bad that it's worse than where we are right now? I got a theory about that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not the only person that has this theory, but... George W. Bush was able to drop below that, like, 40, that 35%, 40% that you usually see as being a kind of partisan bulkhead sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, these are the Republicans. They're 40%. They're going to support them no matter what. Like, uh, George W. Bush got down to, like, 20 or something like that. I think that the reason that, that Trump can't get below 40% is because he's racist. <laughs> and that is the abiding Aww. passion of the people on that side. Yeah. That, and they're like, as, like George W. Bush was like, I speak Spanish, and I got members of my family that are like uh, that are Hispanic, and uh, I try to not act like I'm the most racist guy of all time. And they're oh. like, well, fuck you. If things go bad, then I'm not supporting you because you seem like another one of these elites. Yeah. You're one of these guys, and Trump, they always know that he's on our side. This Travis, is our guy. That's the saddest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> but I mean, it's I true. Think it's like, true. But it's probably 40% true. 40% yeah. of the public value their feeling comfortable with their racism more than anything else in the world. You guys. Yeah, it's grim stuff. It's grim business. I mean, and that 40% stays 40%. Like yeah. it just never goes lower than that. Yeah, it really doesn't. Like I look at the five. It reflects something thing back every at him. day. Like yeah, it's something that he's reflecting back at those supporters that George W. Bush did not. Yeah, because it can't be tax cuts or deregulation. That's not enriching. Yeah, they're the, all. That's they're not all enriching doing that. The, his base. Like he's satisfying something other than fiscal or economic things. He, he's something that is apparently else. more important to them. There's than some that sort stuff of emotional satisfaction. In Almost as if all that stuff that was the talking points of the Republican Party for the last 20, 30 years was a bunch of horse shit. <laughs> and it was just racism the whole time. Uh, <laughs> it's weird. It, it, it's right, weird. We like, to, I'm done. We're done. I have to go home. It's weird. Like <laughs> being this age and like having Ouch. never voted Republican for anything ever. Yeah. yeah. Like I just haven't. Like, they've never been, that been on unu- my side. That would have been unusual in the Nixon time. Where, yeah, usually Where the parties kinda... were a little bit more, there was the, these kinds of Republicans and these kinds of Democrats and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, There were strict party people, but they were usually, like, union folks or, like, some other sort of thing. Or yeah. Like, but, that was, but that was unusual. And you, the, the, this sort of division, I feel like, didn't happen in America until Bill Clinton became president. And that was after 12 years of Republican rule. And they were like... Oh fuck! We're losing our grip. Yeah, and so they're like, we got to do anything we can to just maintain this power, and then that's what the last thirty years has wrought. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's just this like weird division forged because Republicans are scared of losing power. That's exactly right. Yeah. Because they represent the most powerful, yeah. and that's why they are able to stay in power, even though they're the incredibly unpopular. Yeah, even though they're like Voldemort. They're the minority. <laughs> Yeah. Even though they're a walking zombie like Mitch McConnell. <laughs> Again, another person I hope dies after losing in a big blue wave. You want him mm. to lose first. Yeah. Lose first. 
see how much America hates you and then die. Oh, that oh, would oh be no, sweet. wait. Poop your pants on TV and then die. <laughs> Please. Honestly, I'll just take the poop your pants. <laughs> I think Mitch, Mc, Mitch McConnell is different in that he probably wouldn't be hurt hurt all that much by like losing an election or something be like ah whatever i'm just going to the private sector i'm pure evil but donald trump's gotta see himself yeah Yeah. in the oliver stone movie mitch mcconnell's the one with the black eyes (laughs) oh yeah oh please Yeah, coming up tomorrow. Yeah, we'll tomorrow, out, maybe. for sure. <laughs> maybe. The, uh, if you're listening to this on the Monday before Election Day, I don't know. Not everybody gets yeah, to the, it the might, day it, it might be out. too late for you by then, but please, please vote. Like, vote, 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 vote. Um, are we wrapping up on my Nixon? name like that. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Just ending with a chant. Vote, 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 vote. <laughs> vote, 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 vote. Like our guest Travis vote. I feel very much at home here. <laughs> Do you have any like final thoughts on Nixon? Uh, it's still good. This is only my second viewing, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah, um, I liked it too. That's I'm glad to hear that. I, I would have no idea how people would react seeing this movie the first time. <laughs> it's a lot. I'm not gonna lie. Like, like it's I a said, lot in, get, in many ways. Get ready because it's a lot of movie, but it's it's worth it. Yeah. Top thirty favorite movies for me. It's my favorite Oliver Stone movie. One of the greatest casts ever assembled. Just pure ambition, and it su- succeeds at ninety five percent of what it's trying to do. I've watched this movie probably 31 times with this most recent viewing, and we'll probably watch it another 31 times before I die. Good Lord. I love this movie. I don't necessarily recommend it to everybody, but I think you've got a fair idea of what you'd be getting yourself into if you watch this movie from listening to this podcast. Travis, vote endorsed. Thank you for joining us, Travis. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me, guys. Yeah. Travis, we know you best from The Suspense is Killing Us. Yes, indeed. Tell us about this podcast real quick. Uh, we cover is me, Matt Lynch, and Kevin Clark, my longtime friends, and we talk about, generally speaking, thrillers from the 80s and 90s, but sometimes they bleed into the 2000s and, and, and maybe late 70s or something. It's a very specific kind of movie. You can get an idea of what kind of movie they are by the way that we rate them, which is in Judd's from Ashley Judd. Uh-huh. That is just the general overall rating. Or Douglas's, as in Michael Douglas, which is the sleaze factor of the movies. Right. Um, so we watch stuff like that. Our most recent episode was a Halloween episode, so we got into supernatural stuff, which we don't usually do, but it was Ghost, uh, What Lies Beneath, and The Gift, and I liked all three of them. I have a Stockholm Syndrome thing going on with a lot of these movies that I've liked more of them than I expected. <laughs> The beautiful thing about Suspense is Killing Us is that I feel like you guys can talk about a movie for 45 minutes, and I still don't know anything about it. <laughs> Good. Because uh, there's, there's been a couple that, like, you guys talk enthusiastically and praisingly about it, and then, like, I'll rent it from Scarecrow, or, like, I'll, I'll stream it or something, and be like, boy, I don't remember them talking about any of this. <laughs> a lot of stuff goes by I, the... I mean, we talk a lot. The, 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 every episode is two and a half hours long or something like that, but we talk about three movies, which is a lot of time for each movie. Yeah. But we really prattle on. So we, we, we yes, can't, we can't cover you everything. Guys, all three were on our podcast. <laughs> you guys on topic. As a person who had to edit it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I do want to say, I think Matt would be a really good uh, guest on Suspense is Killing Us. I'm not sure I would. Uh, mostly because I think I'd make it my business to not be a good guest. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, maybe one day we'll have guests on again. 
I mean, it's it's COVID. Uh, we might get it. Right. We, we also like do like like I said, three movies in a, uh, an episode, and that's a hard, that is a that's big, a hard yeah. ask. Yeah. But it's like the, the idea of ask, asking a person to watch one of these pieces of shit is honestly. But Matt loves much. this shit. That's what I'm saying. I just watched Pacific Heights <laughs> over the weekend. Ooh, it's okay. <laughs> it's yeah, fine. It, was, it was really fine. <laughs> <laughs> and we also do a Patreon. Um, if you enjoy the, the the proper podcast, we do a Patreon where we talk about movies that are not necessarily Didn't you do the whole police academy we did all the police academy movies yes Oof, that's right that's a commitment <laughs> yep watch all those movies <laughs> kevin is a huge uh, lifelong fan of those matt didn't watch any of them and uh and i had to watch them <laughs> what did matt talk about if he didn't watch them? i think matt's idea of it was like i'll ask kevin questions about it Oh, and then I like. Well, what am I gonna do? I guess I have to well, fucking watch these movies. Was too. your favorite part the guy who's like? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hundred percent. Michael Winslow. Spaceballs. <laughs> Michael Winslow is easily the best part of that whole enterprise, yeah. and he really does do that. He goes, <laughs> it's great. It's the only thing good about those movies. Uh, but yeah, I, I, the the specific type of movies that you guys cover, like I always have like a soft spot for. So it's like I've usually seen like fifty percent of the movies that you guys cover in in, in wow. any given. Like month or so. That's um, impressive. Yeah, and like you guys, like I'm like, yeah, that wasn't good, but like I'd watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> That's a surprising amount of movies like that. It's <laughs> crazy. All right, what are we doing next week? So I'm. I, I had trouble picking a movie this week. I kind of forgot I was supposed to do that. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I think I'm gonna just go into just like safe, probably territory okay. here. And uh, I'm gonna do a gay movie, gay romance. Okay. I don't know if you've seen. Well, okay. Did you see this yet? God's Own Country. No, I haven't seen that one. Okay, I'm making you watch it. Okay, that's fine. Let's watch. It's it. on my list. Okay. Perfect. All right, God's Own Country. Great. Let's Love just it. Get it out of the way. Um. Okay. Should we wrap up? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Let's do it. Sorted topic of coin. Oh yeah, we have a Patreon. Thank you to all our extras. Get in there now because we have a lot of Christmas things coming up in December. And thank you. <laughs> uh, if 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 shucking out really dollars and cents <laughs> isn't your thing, you can uh, leave us love wherever you get this podcast. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, uh, Chartable, as we found out as someone left us a review there recently. Very kind. Um, follow us on Twitter at X-Rated Movies, Facebook at Rated X Movies. Go to our website, xratedmovies.com, and you can always shoot us an email at x.rated.movies at gmail.com. Travis, Travis. Thank you, guys. Always a pleasure. I think All you're tied treasure. with Kevin now for the amount, the most amount of guest Guess, spots. Yeah. And Bettina. Yes. You, Bettina, and, and Bettina Kevin McKelvey, are tied. Yeah. Good company. Yeah. Good <laughs> so, company. Um, congrats. Thank you. Thank uh, you so much. You've reached the four guest club. The pinnacle. <laughs> the top of the mountain. Happy yeah. to be here. I mean, part of part of it is like I wanted to kind of like have you guys from the suspense is killing us on again, but I was like having you all three of you is that's too much. That's too that's much. Five people, five in the people podcast. in a room, five very knowledgeable people who are eager and willing to talk. So I was like, next time let's just get them one at a time. Yeah. I think so, you did and, the right thing. And since this, we're doing it one at a time, is there any shit you want to talk about yeah. of your co-hosts right now? And then we'll ask them to talk shit about they you when they come suck. on. <laughs> <laughs> They're the worst guys ever. I knew it. No knew worse it. guys than those guys. <laughs> the juiciest bits here. <laughs> yeah, tantalizing. 
Uh, anyway, thank you. And uh, everybody, vote, vote, vote if you haven't already. Vote, vote, vote. Yeah, please, please, please. It's very important. Vote, vote, vote. Uh, until next time. Keep preaching for that rainbow. Bye-bye.